Hello, everybody. This is another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. Get it. And I'm Vern Value, and we're here today to review the, help me with the date here. Well, it's my turn to say this, actually, oh, uh, Vern. Okay. Uh, February 17th, 2006, and uh, we're going to look at some of these names and uh, make some recommendations today. Uh, but i got to tell you, I'm in kind of a bad mood today, uh, Vern. Uh, Why? Tell me. Well, it was just a tough week. As you know, you Open were in it. A lot, of, a lot of earnings calls. So I haven't had a lot of sleep. A lot sleep. of volatility this week. A lot week. of volatility. You know, you got managers beating estimates but then guiding down. And that's been happening all week. And some of my stocks are uh, not enjoying that. So uh, I'm a little, a little cranky. But uh, we're going to review some names. And uh, I don't know. How was your week? A lot of good whipsaw action would be the way I'd put yeah. it. I had a great week. I can't wait to get involved here with the oil field services and equipment industry. Um, I think if you look at the cover of the table of contents of the current value line, it stands out. Really, it's almost the uh, energy issue here. They also have uh, petroleum producers with a lot of stars next to them, but there's no, no fewer than seven number ones in the oil field services space. And so I'm going to concentrate there, if you don't mind, Val. I don't. I think that's a great idea. These stocks have done great, and people need guidance. You know, will they keep going up for all time? That's my question. Of course. They uh, clearly can't do anything except go up. That's and, what it seems to me. And you know what our recommendation is to people when uh, they run into stocks that can't do anything but go up. If you own them, hold them. If you don't, run for the hills. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna start with uh, the cream of the crop here. Really, one of Value Line's number one ratings this week is Schlumberger. Probably uh, the name that most portfolio managers need, uh, instinctively think of when they hear oil field services. Uh, market capitalization of seventy billion dollars. Uh, recently priced near 120 bucks, leading supplier of services and technology to the energy production industry. Doesn't that sound nice and sophisticated? Um, what do we got here? Well, we, I'll tell you what we've got. We've got a stock that has basically tripled over the last three years, trades at four times sales, almost 30 times earnings, price to cash flow is like 16 times uh, that P. That doesn't sound too bad. That P. That P is a 50% premium to the market. Uh, what do I get for that? Well, uh, operating margins really, uh, you know, pretty stable in the 25 plus kind of range. But I notice a return on capital spent many years in the single digits and are now at around 22%. Record levels never been seen before. At least this value line going back 10 years, nothing like it. Uh, revenue growth forecast for 06 by the value line analyst is 25%. Cash flow per share is up like 30%. Uh, earnings per share 50%. Uh, I, you know, I'm sorry. There, I don't see the value here. And uh, you know, the uh, the seeds of their own destruction are here in uh, the discussion of their. Uh, they raised their own capital expenditures in 2006 to meet heavy oil services demand. Now, I thought when I switched over and took a look at Helmerich and Payne, I think that's how you pronounce it. How do, you, do you know how to pronounce that? I don't. Helmerich. Helmerich. The, the ticker symbol is HP, so not to be confused with Hewlett-Packard. Maybe a little more mundane business than that. Uh, this, stock, this stock's more than tripled in less than two years. 
but a relative bargain. I mean, a market multiple, uh, it's only three times revenue, uh, closer to 11 times cash flow. Now, remember, these are very cyclical. Well, I remember back when in the 90s, if you recall, when there was never a time to buy an oil stock. Oil was at 10 bucks, 12 bucks a barrel. And uh, you couldn't buy an oil stock to save your life. And, of course, uh, that was exactly the time to be buying oil stocks. It feels very different now to me on this one. If you, you know, if great company. I mean, all, of these, uh, all of these stocks in this industry have the same sort of financial profile where they, their numbers just went dead flat from basically 99 through 2003. Um, so I'm thinking with, you know, Helmerich HP that I've got a relative bargain. Uh, margins are actually higher. Uh, return on capital isn't as extended, but they've got a better growth profile. You know, here Value Line's talking about earnings doubling and cash flow increasing something like 60%. But, you know, what do I see here? Um, while this program will span several years, existing land-based fleet will experience almost a 60% expansion by the first half of 07. Um, so, you know, a lot of capacity apparently getting ready to come in. As I looked at the other number ones here, um, Weatherford International is going to spend over $600 million instead of $320 million in 2005. Uh, Tidewater utilization is almost at 100% of one class of product, almost 90% in international markets. What's this say? Uh, companies ramping up their capital budgets, number of new vessels and rigs expected to grow significantly in the near term, not five years from now. Does that smell like a bubble to you? Uh, uh, there's, there's none of these show me any kind of value. I, you know, the same thing exists with most of the twos like Smith, I'm not sure. Don't get me wrong, these are great companies and there was a time to buy these, well, now I it's not. But I, I think I, I'd also, I want to just point out, as a value guy, uh, I, I did not own oil in 05, and it hurt me. And, uh, you know, uh, is that going to be the case this year? I guess it doesn't seem so. With well, these valuations, they're, they're doubled from, uh, from even just uh, 18 months ago. I sifted point. through the threes, though, ah. and I actually came up with something that I think looks not just better than the rest of these, uh, but actually pretty attractive. And at the margin, gives me it gives me some hedge. Maybe these stocks have got another 50% in them, even though a lot of them have tripled, quadrupled. This one, uh, Tetra Tech, this stock, this company apparently was out of business in '99, and so it's it's up infinite. Um, and the the one that I'm looking at that I think is interesting is Rowan. Uh, the ticker here is RDC. Uh, pretty good market cap, 4.7 billion. Uh, apparently had some trouble because of the hurricanes in the Gulf. Uh, according to Value Line here, it says in their last review, they reported that Rita and Katrina destroyed four of Rowan's rigs in the Gulf and badly damaged a fifth. Um, they're apparently trying to replenish those lost revenues, completion of... So here's a company that uh, has taken it on the chin. Um, I, you know, that's good. I look at the valuation here. Uh, revenue multiple still high like the others that we've been looking at. But, um, you know, this is a high earner. The company has a uh, history of 25 and 30% op margins, 40% being forecast for 06. And so I'm looking at a PE at about a 10% discount to the market. 
and return on capital coming from oblivion back basically into the mid-teens. And, I, you know, it doesn't even have to be an oil field services stock for me to be interested here. Now well, the balance do, sheet looks pretty good. It does it? I, you know, I hadn't even focused yeah. on a 27% debt to cap, it says. Uh, looks like a big cash position. That's good. As a matter of fact, uh, not that it's not that it's excess cash, but it looks like about five dollars a share in cash on the balance sheet. Um, drilling seventy percent of revenue. The reason I really like this is the th other thirty percent of the company. So you know, certainly not what the street would be looking at. Here's our tip for you: um, the businesses are Laterno. This is a business. Uh, this is the company that makes the largest. Uh, what are called loaders that are used in open pit, open cast mines, uh, and puts positions Rowan to really benefit from what looks like a uh, one, uh, you know, only a couple times a century kind of boom in commodities that's going on. Uh, Laterno's products, particularly popular in coal mining applications, uh, used heavily out in the uh, uh, Powder River Basin of Wyoming. They also operate a mini steel mill, and I think you may be aware that uh, the steel industry capacity has gotten tight, driven particularly by the modernization of uh, uh, Asian economies, which is soaking up a lot of spare capacity, so the economics are a lot better for domestic producers. And they also have a business of making, well, how about this? Marine drill rigs, according to Value Line, they're actually rebuilding their own fleet themselves. So certainly, high asset utilization that turns into high earnings and opportunities for earning surprises when you're building capital assets. So uh, this one, uh, this one actually, I would call a recommendation. Value Line's missed it. They're uh, they're allowing momentum to carry them on all these others that have already tripled, tripled, and quadrupled, and septupled, and you know, whatever all those other uh, These guys are, you know, they're coming on strong. Return on equity approaching 20% this year, and uh, you're still paying, looks like, about 10 times cash flow. So that's a pretty good deal. All right, what so else what is you, going on? So what do you got, Well, I, uh, I think this is actually a pretty good issue uh, this week, you know, and uh, one of the reasons is that uh, they are uh, focusing on companies that, uh, you know, uh, pr produce a lot of, a lot of paper goods. Uh, publishing... Newspapers and advertising, I mean, if it, these are three sick industries, you know, going on right now, primarily because uh, the battle for viewers is very strong, and we've got this thing uh, called the uh, the Internet, of course, that has uh, hey, taken... Hey, I've heard of that. Well, it's very popular. It's very popular, I think, in uh, in Asia. And uh, Really? Yeah. And uh, So it could be a threat here eventually. Well, eventually, and what's happening is that the traditional newspaper uh, reader is getting older and uh, not so Internet uh, savvy, and uh, younger people... You know, younger people are, uh, you know, on the Internet all the time. Uh, computers, Internet devices, smaller, lighter. If you could have everything you read on a thing that weighs uh, one pound and has, uh, runs off the sun, you know, you're not going to need to have uh, a subscription to a newspaper. So as a result, the whole industry's been in trouble. Advertising fell off a few years ago after the uh, Internet bubble and never really recovered because uh, Advertisers like the measurability of the Internet. When you're advertising on the Internet, you can measure how well your ad is doing. When you, you know, advertise in a newspaper, tougher to get a read on that, and also tougher to segment. On the Internet, you can target people you can't in newspapers. So the newspaper, you know, one of the biggest advantages of the newspaper, and I think one reason why it will continue on, is uh, they, can, they can really take a local focus 
uh, for one, and, uh, and they have people on the ground who can focus on what's going on locally. And also, when you drop them, they do not break. And that's an, a very big advantage that's always been over my, my laptop. My absolutely yeah. favorite feature. So I think that if you pick and choose, you know, Although not... when they get wet, they're really kind of... Well, nice. but they can dry. And again, you know, your laptop uh, is going to have trouble. Good point. So, Good point. you know, this industry's in trouble. They've been dropping readership. It's not just an opinion, you know, but you can look at the readership of newspapers been dropping consistently for years. Uh, they have a bad year-over-year -year comparison due to the uh, political advertising a year ago. You'll get a little pickup from uh, the Olympics here. But you're facing some uh, headwind in ongoing declines in uh, readership because of the demographic shift and a migration generally to the Internet. So, uh, you know, that's bad, and that's why all these stocks are rated, you know, poorly. I don't, there's one company they have rated a, a buy in newspapers, and that's News Corp, which is, uh, you know, done a good job. They've, they've picked the right markets, cable, Asia, you know, they've just, I think, paid a, a decent price for a, an internet, uh, a social network. Uh, so, you know, but, but it's a little expensive, so I don't look that way. I've got a couple here that I think are, you know, worth looking at. Value Lines rated them a four and a five. And they have some of the tenants that we like as value guys. So I'm just going to start with the first one. Uh, maybe you heard of this. It's called the New York Times. And it's, uh, you know, it's been around a long time. They have a great brand, not just in the U.S., but internationally. Uh, you know, they have a little political lean, but they've really tried to fix that. And I think they have an outstanding business section. They've refocused on that. And they reflect the culture to the world. So this is a worldwide brand. They do a pretty good job on the internet. Yeah, but uh, hasn't their integrity taken a hit in the last well, uh, couple of years? Well, that's I think why this thing may be an opportunity. Oh. This thing is a terrific brand, and uh, they're getting their house in order. Um, the stock sells at a 10% discount to the market. It's 10 times cash flow. It's the price it was, you know, back in 1997. Uh, they have, uh, among newspapers anyway, a, a, a pretty decent return on capital. It's dipped, but it's still in the uh, low double digits. And with a little bit of leverage, they've got a, a mid-teens uh, return on, uh, on equity. Uh, they have some good, I think, opportunities going forward here for some surprisingly good advertising numbers just from the turn in the industry and from their increased participation in the Internet. And you're going to get a little bit of wind here from... Uh, from the Olympics, ad recovery, et cetera. Um, New York Times, you know, 10 times earnings, 35% debt to cap, strong brand. I'm a buyer. Uh, Value Line has it rated a four. Uh, the stock's done very poorly recently. It's off its highs of uh, probably 48, 50 bucks and down to, you know, 27 here. I think that's worth a good, a good bet. Uh, second one I'll talk about is Gannett, ticker GCI. Uh, stock trades at 62. This is another great brand. They put out USA Today, which is the largest circulation newspaper in the country. Uh, they do about 91 other U.S. dailies around the country, and they own a, you know, a bunch of U.K. papers, 17 dailies in the U.K., according to Value Line. And, um, you know, they have probably, in some opinions, the best sports section uh, in journalism right now. They've got a growing brand on the, on the web. And, uh, you know, if there are going to be brands that survive, uh, I think New York Times, USA Today, I'd throw Tribune into that, uh, are names that will survive. Whether the Kansas City Gazette will survive, 
you know, I don't know. Uh, they probably Do they will. they own that one, too? No, but, you okay. know, the, the, the smaller brands aren't going to be a source for, uh, you know, for news and uh, sports and politics and international. I think if you're a top ten brand in news, uh, you can translate that onto the Internet quite easily. Uh, the local papers that don't have an international or national uh, scope, I think, will be left with local classifieds, and that's, you know, that's a decent business. They're all getting smarter on the Internet. But in terms of upside from sort of national and international growth, you know, who's going to have more readers, USA Today or, uh, you know, Channel 5 news team? You know what I mean? New York Times or, uh, you know, Channel 8 in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So I think that these brands will survive. They're 10 times cash flow, decent balance sheets. Uh, I'm a buyer of both of those. Well, they're 10 times at least restrained, if not depressed, cash flow. And I'm struck that the New York Times has been almost halved in about two years or so. So it looks like it's got a uh, very attractive 2.4% dividend yield, which there'd be no threat to because balance sheets in uh, in terrific shape, uh, profitability is high. Um, you know, I you know it's priced. It looks to me uh, with very little recovery expected in some of these metrics. And uh, uh, these things have been left for dead. You know, the other thing that could surprise you here on the upside, people may not think about this, is paper prices. Paper wood. You know, because of the housing boom, everything with all minerals are up. Paper's expensive right now. It's toward the high end of its traditional range. And uh, just cyclically speaking, you're apt to get a pullback in paper, which in some of these companies, you know, that might be 15%, uh, 20% of operating costs. That's going to be a big, uh, a big plus for them that, you know, will blindside you down the road. Well, it's not a could. It's a, it's simply it's a, win. a win, win, right? Because right. that industry will be just like oil field services. When prices yeah. are up, People add capacity, and ultimately capacity comes in, and prices go down, folks. It's called the law of supply and demand. Supply and demand, that's right. Now, I've got one here a little bit out of left field, a little bit out of left field, you know, newspapers. But uh, the value line this, this week also has the uh, – Entertainment. Well, no, entertain. Well, recreation. recreation. I just. Uh, they do have the recreation industry. They also have the entertainment industry. And I just want to say, I think uh, what Pixar has done to animation is amazing. I'm just throwing that in. But what I'd like to talk about is Mattel, ticker MAT. Stock trades at around 1680. Uh, Trades at about a 27% discount to the market PE multiple, 3% yield. Boy. Value line has this rated three. Uh, we do have a, you know, Value Line has this little insider decision box, which is nice to look at from time to time. We've had two recent insider buys. Uh, they've got, uh, they're trading at 10 times cash flow right now. They're buying stock. They're paying down debt. They have $4 a share in net cash. They have, uh, you know, low to mid 20% return on capital and equity. That's with no leverage. Barbie's so getting no well, respect. Well, let's say, what's wrong? <laughs> what's, why, what's wrong with the story? Well, the street has left this one here because, you know, the story is Barbie's dead. Barbie, Barbie's business keeps going down. Barbie, uh, here's the bad news. Barbie's, you know, sales have been down 10 15% a year for three or four years, and you've got these Bratz dolls out there, uh, you know, that uh, I don't want to say are, uh, you know, from the wrong side of the tracks, but you're not going to see my daughter playing with any Bratz dolls, okay? You got me? So what? So Barbie's, 
but down 10, 15% a year for four years, you know what? It's still the biggest selling toy in the world, Barbie, okay? And uh, as the baby boomers age and they think about buying something for their grandkid, are they going to think of the Bratz dolls? No, they're going to think about Barbie. They're going to buy what they liked as a kid. And in fact, Barbie uh, remains the biggest toy in the world, but it is going down, and that's what the streets harped about. Well, guess what? The street's been right. Barbie's been going down. Uh, Mattel continues to crank out these great returns and great margins and cash flow. But uh, you, got, uh, you got a little surprise this last quarter because Barbie was down as predicted. But guess what? Mattel's earnings beat the estimates. How did that happen? Oh, my goodness. Well, guess what? They own a little thing called Fisher-Price, kind of popular. Uh, they own a little thing called American Girls, which, uh, hey, you know, I've heard of that. They've heard of it. They've got uh, a little bit of a business there. There's two American Girls stores. There's one in uh, New York City, of course, as we all know, and there's one in Chicago. Now, guess what? There's, I'm just going to count, there's 48 other cities in the top 50, and uh, they could put these things around. The, the opportunity for the American Girls brand, I think, is enormous, and it is untapped. They've also got this Why little... Why just American? Well, no kidding, my friend, no kidding. Now, okay, they've, got this, they've got this other thing called uh, Hot Wheels. I don't know if you heard of that. And a few years ago, when nobody was looking, they bought something called Matchbox. I mean, where's the Justice Department? They were looking the other way. Mattel has a complete monopoly on these little cars that we all love. monopoly, too? No. Now, here oh. was the surprise. Even though Barbie was down, Fisher-Price, American Girls... Uh, Hot Wheels, uh, etc. They own about a hundred other things that you've heard of. Uh, all did better, and the surprise was Wall Street didn't notice that Barbie can keep going down, that the power of Mattel is the power to get shelf space, it's the power to innovate, and it's the power of these other great brands that are uh, you know focused on the right age and group. And by definition, every year that goes by, Barbie's prospects are less important to the story. Well, that's exactly right. So the analysts are waking up going, oh, gee, Barbie doesn't matter. Meantime, you know, let me tell you something. Barbie's in negotiations with uh, Hollywood. She's going to be doing some things. Ken, I guess, is back better than ever. So anyway, I'm, I'm going on and on. I'm excited about Mattel. They're giving the stock away. It's about uh, ten, times or, 10 times cash flow here, and uh, I think it's, a, it's an easy one. I'd put this one away. And that's all I got this week. Uh, my favorite one of these is Mattel. I also would dip my toe into New York Times and Gannett, and uh, this is Val Hughes. Get it? And, and we did have, Vern did have one stock on the overpriced momentum plagued oil field services group, Rowan, which uh, we think is a pretty good idea here. Um, and maybe a little more timely than, uh, or a little more time sensitive anyway than some of the others. Anyway, this has been the value, guys, and we're. Uh, Happy to, uh, we're happy to have been able to spend a little time with you again this week, uh, getting uh, Value Line's top picks right off the presses today. Uh, please visit our website at double. Website. I think they all start with three W's, don't they? Yep. The, thevalueguys.com, where you can learn more about us, our secret identities. And, we're not, uh, we cannot reveal our identities. I little, wish you'd quit talking about that. And how little responsibility we take for anything you might do with the information we've just shared. We also may own some of these stocks. We may have incredibly lucrative deals with some of these management teams. Or at uh, least we hope we will soon. Yeah. And if you know any of them, please uh, refer them to our website as well. There is a, a, a page there where they can contact us. Thank you. Bye.